calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. Yes, I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me.
Are you ready this morning? Are you ready for him to pour out once again? To pour out once again? Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, set a fire down in my soul. Thank you. 
And these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, the lame, paralyzed, every need you could think of, they were there, waiting for the moving of the water. They were sick, they were desperate, doctors couldn't fix their problems, and they were there waiting the water. Life can't fix your situation. There's a hunger inside of you that only God can fill. There's a thirsting in your soul today for something real. And have you gathered together today like these at the pool of Bethesda that were waiting 
They came hungry. They came thirsty. They came waiting for their miracle. They came waiting for their miracle at the, at the moving of the water. And the angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Not only did they come expecting, but they had to come ready to get into the waters. Not only did they have to come expecting for the river of God to touch their life, the water of God to touch their life, but they had to come ready to get into the water. And a certain man, verse 5, was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm coming, another steps down before me. You know, it wasn't that the, the man didn't make the effort. He tried to get in, but somebody got ahead of him. He had to, for 38 years, he had struggled with this illness. He couldn't walk. He couldn't take care of his family. He was lame. 38 years. But he came to the pool expecting something. Have you come this morning expecting Jesus to move in your life? Have you come expecting that the waters of heaven will be poured out upon you today? He says, I long to pour out my spirit. I long to pour out my spirit on you. That's his desire is to pour out, to pour out a spirit on you, to pour out the rivers of, of the Holy Spirit on your life. And you have to come ready to get into the waters. You have to come ready to say, I've been sick for many years. I've, I've had this disease for 38 years. Nobody's helping me. You have to just acknowledge where you're at. You just have to take ownership of where you're at this morning. I don't have anyone to help me in the waters. This is my problem, my sickness, my disease, my issue. I take ownership of it, and I'm ready to get rid of it. I'm ready to deal with it. I'm going to stop blaming everyone else. I'm going to stop blaming situation and life and all the things. I'm going to take ownership of this, and I'm going to get into the waters today. I'm going to get into the waters today. Have you made it your determination that you've come this morning to get into the waters? Or have you come this morning with some other agenda? Maybe you came this morning to spectate. Maybe you came this morning just to sing some good songs. Maybe you came this morning because you were supposed to, you were scheduled to serve on a serve team. Maybe you came because you're, there's a VIP reception after. I don't know why you came this morning, but the only reason you should be here is to step into the waters. The only reason, the only thing that matters is Him. 
The only thing that matters is Him. The only thing that matters is Him. And He's here. Jesus is here, not an angel. Jesus Himself is here, ready to heal, ready to minister, ready to set you free. Jesus is here this morning. Jesus is here this morning, ready to touch you and say to you, rise up, take up your bed and walk. Rise up, rise up and take up your bed and walk. It's time to walk. It's time to walk. So what is it? What does it take? What does it take to experience a move of God? What does it take? What does it take to experience revival? What does it take to have God move in an unprecedented way in our church? region in this community. What does it take? It's not complicated. It's not complicated. Second Chronicles 714. If my people this morning that you are absolutely utterly dependent upon God you are absolutely utterly dependent upon his presence upon his grace upon his healing power at work in your life you are absolutely utterly dependent upon him there's absolutely no strength no gift no talent no ability or anything in your life that can replace the work of God in your life. You are absolutely dependent on His love. You are absolutely and utterly dependent on His joy. You are absolutely and utterly dependent on His power and His peace. Humble yourself this morning and you recognize humility is being willing to leave your pride behind and fully embrace Him fully embrace him he said if my people will humble themselves and pray and pray the New Testament church was saturated in prayer we have to be people of prayer pray continuously pray always pray pray Pray. They were preserved. The New Testament church, they were preserved in the apostles' doctrine and prayer, supplications and prayer. Prayer was the focus. His presence, praying and interceding. We've got to be people who pray. We have to be people who are willing to pray. Jesus said, my house will be called the house of prayer. Not a house of entertainment, not
not a house of music, but a house of prayer. Everything that we do must flow from that, that we're a house of prayer. And when we come in, that we are, we are praying, that that is our focus. We're here to pray, to seek God. Worship is the outflow of our heart towards God. First, we have to have a heart that's towards Him. First, we have to be praying. We have to be communing with Him. Worship then flows out of that. He said, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, will you pursue His presence? Are you willing to pursue His presence? Are you willing to pursue him at all costs? Moses said, Lord, thanks for telling us about the angel. But unless your presence goes with us, we're not moving from here. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. But unless your presence, unless we have your glory, it doesn't matter. We need his presence. You have to pursue him. Will you be the generation? seeks his face and then he said if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I'll hear from heaven and will forgive their sin you see repentance and forgiveness is both horizontal and vertical Repentance and forgiveness. We need, we have to repent before God and receive His forgiveness. And we also have to repent before man and receive the forgiveness of others. We talked about it last week, but Jesus said very specifically if you come into my house and you know that your brother has ought, there's some sort of offense between you, you need to leave your worship at the altar, leave your gift and things you have with your brothers and sisters. And I'd venture to say this morning, there's people in the room that you love when I say, you, you love what I've said when I talked about seeking the face of God and praying. But part of humility is that you have to, when you humble yourself before God, you might need to humble yourself before someone else and say, I've had an offense in my heart towards you. I've had a, I've had a awe in my heart towards you, and I need to seek forgiveness. I need to forgive. I need, I need your forgiveness. that when we hear that, that we're willing to forgive. That we are walking in humility with the Lord in a place where we say, Lord, I, for I forgive. I forgive you. I forgive you. I release you from that offense. I release you from that. I'm not going to hold on to that anymore. So I'll read this again. If my people before I read it again. Why don't you stand? If you're able to stand, why don't you stand? And before, before I read this, I feel 
so impressed by the Lord. And we're going to turn this house. This is a little bit intentional, but it's also Holy Spirit. We're going to turn this house into this verse. We're going to turn Celebration Church. I mean, for the for a large part, we do experience this, but I want to be very intentional this morning to say, as, as the pastor of this church, I'm opening the door to this verse for you. Now, what, now, now, now you're clapping. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to humble yourself. You're going to humble yourself. And that that's the gateway for what's going to happen next. You're going to say, Lord, I humble myself. I'm going to humble myself. I'm absolutely, utterly dependent upon you. And what happens next is totally into your hands. absolutely, utterly dependent upon you, and what happens next is in your hands, and then what happens next is this, is that some of you are going to, you're just going to pray for one another. You're going to pray for one another. You might find yourself at the altar in prayer, or you might find yourself praying for someone there nearby you, but you're going to pray. We're just going to pray. And then some of you are going to find yourself at the altar or uh, kneeling at your pew or wherever, pursuing his presence, worshiping and pursuing his presence. Others of you are going to have to go and repent, maybe to someone else. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe you need to ask the Lord to forgive you. Maybe you need to repent before him. We're going to turn this into Second Chronicles 714 Church. <laughs> My people who will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. They'll turn, then I will hear from heaven. Lord, would you hear from heaven today? Lord, would you hear us today? Forgive, or would you heal? this place.
Praise. I never stop singing your praise.
Yeah. 
No 
Just receive. 
speak of something this morning and with the Holy Spirit moving I'm asking him to tell me what words he wants me to say because if I say my words they mean absolutely nothing but I feel like what I'm still supposed to share is we're all crying out for revival but what he has taken me through and shown me at least for me personally, I had to go through a personal revival. Because when I came to the church, the Lord told me these words. Get planted. Stop running. Be rooted. So it took me nine months after COVID to find celebration, and I actually started two weeks before Joy Fest. When I came in the doors, as many, many people have said, you always feel the presence of the Lord. And I felt him before. I've known the presence of the Lord, but not in a building. And so with my background and my religious background and some of my beliefs and what I brought in, he showed me how to take me to a personal revival. Because when they were on the floor laughing, 
I'm Lutheran, and we're like, we don't laugh. And could this be reverential to you, Lord? And I would process everything with him when I got home. And it took me months because I kept thinking, this can't be you. And I'm not sure I'm in the right church. And then the enemy will pick up on those questionings. But as long as I stayed in his presence and I kept asking him, he started revealing truth. He is the truth, he is the life, and he is the light. And so he showed me one Sunday when Pastor Zach hit this, the spirit of joy hit him and then he started touching people. And again, I was offended. Like, this cannot be of the Lord. And I'm, I sat in my seat. And I was behind a tall gentleman. I was glad because I could hide it as I was questioning. And the Lord told me clear as day, if you give me your pain, I will give you this joy. Well, it didn't take me but a second to say you can have his pain. And he started showing me. I have to take you through a personal revival. And what started was I would go home on Sundays and it would be a difficult time going home to an empty house. And I was kind of whining to the Lord one Sunday and I heard clear as day, am I enough? And it kind of blew me away. And I didn't answer that for two days. Two days later, when I'm just being in his presence, I said, no, Lord, you're not enough. I want my sons. I want my family. I want what I have. But I said, I want you to be my enough. Whatever you have to do to change me, I want you to be my enough. So he told me to draw a house. And he told me to draw two windows. And on the one window was strength and courage and might. And on the other window was understanding, clarity, and vision. And they told me right on the door, what do you desire? And I said, I want my sons. I want them saved. I want them in Zoe's salvation. I want to understand and receive the fullness of you. I want restoration. Then he said, write this on the inside of the house. Jealousy, anger, resentment, bitterness, judgment, critical spirit. Many others. And on the outside, he said, right on this, my grace, my mercy, my truth, my love, restoration, reconciliation, life, joy, peace. And he said, everything that you see on the outside as you look out those windows needs to be on the inside of you. Will you let me do what I need to do to do a personal revival in you? So he has been on my journey of a personal revival because to be honest if he hadn't done the personal revival I would have run from celebration because it didn't make sense and I had been in and out of many churches and many of them with, with religious uh, background and I didn't understand any of it but he knew and he would ask me over and over do you trust me do you trust me in the loneliness and the isolation? Do you trust me? As inside my house was full of fear of man, fear of the future, fear of the unknown, fear of losing my sons forever. Do you trust me? 
Do you trust me when you're drowning in debt and I still expect you to tithe? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Every day he kept asking that, do you trust me? And the only way I knew how to trust him was ask him to make me and show me how to fall deeper in love with him. Because if you're truly in love with a person, you trust them with everything. You have faith. And faith is from knowing him. Not knowing of him, but knowing of his names personally. Knowing his presence. Knowing when you don't know if you could go another day, he just comes in his waves and his waves of his presence are in the home. His light would fill my room and I didn't understand it. Personal revival is, means he's in our home. He's everywhere we are. We don't have to wait for the church to have revival. He wants us to start it with us.
You're right. 